Now extended through January 14th, join a clean and spacious Planet Fitness for zero enrollment and only $10 a month. With tons of equipment and free fitness training, it's the perfect place for everybody to work out. Even me, mister, I'm so stressed I grind my teeth more than most people grind coffee. Especially you. Give your anxiety-clenched jaw a rest. My molars will be so happy. Start feeling spectacular today. Join in-club or at planetfitness.com. Zero enrollment, $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends January 14th. See club for details. Maybe it's that time of year again. Time to roll out and then get it in. Cause the sun is outside beaming. It's beaming. And every day feels like the weekend. The weekend. Forget about the You know what it is. This is the Mic Drop Podcast, episode five. And who am I on with today? Naturally, you already know. I am Vision. What's up? Yeah, and this is your boy Schiller. And y'all ain't know on? who I am. This Delvin. Say no more. So we got our special guest on today, and the topic for the day is straight up Donald Trump. I'm gonna ask you guys a question. Oh my God. <laughs> this is gonna be a real interesting question. I'm gonna ask you guys a straight up question. I want you guys answers on it, and hear y'all opinion on it. What you think would happen if Donald Trump actually won? Let's not get to all the crazy yeah, shit. stuff like, oh, the world's going in and all that BS, because that shit ain't going to happen. What would really happen? And we're going to have a whole lot of people buying plane tickets getting the hell out of um, the United States <laughs> <laughs> if Donald Trump wins. I would say that, yeah, man. That's what's going to happen. And... You can say the end of the world ain't going to happen, though. But uh, if Trump wins, the end of America will happen faster than you realize. Because <laughs> he's, he's going to run it like a business. I won't even say he's going to run it like a business. He can't even run his own because damn business. If you, look at, if you look at how he runs his businesses, he outsourced everything there. So he really, he got a, he got somebody else in place running business for him, really. I mean, he's being, he's a boss. So you can't expect him to run America like he run a business because he really don't run his business. True. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> how would he run America if he don't run his business? <laughs> that's, that's the problem. He's going to leave us in the hands of everybody else. And then next thing you know, America going bankrupt. Yeah, I see that. The, the financial future of America will be irreversibly scarred. Yeah, seriously jeopardized. Like, not even getting into some controversial other stuff. Just looking at it from an economic standpoint, macro, microeconomics, like, he will destroy our infrastructure. It's already damaged. He would just flatline it, basically. You know, also, when you think about some of the things that he talked about, the only thing I noticed that, you know, there's some things that he's saying, a lot of people is not saying. You know, and that's something that he's saying. He's not thinking about it also. He's just saying it without even thinking. Yeah. You know, um, when it came with the criminal situation and all that, um, you know, there are some truths to it and there's some not. Some things, some, some things that he's saying he's offending a lot of people, which he shouldn't have done for somebody to be running for president. Well, damn sure. everything he says offends a lot of people. <laughs> Every word that comes out of his mouth is offensive to somebody. Yeah, yeah. See, this is the thing I think about it. 
The problem with this is, when, you, when I ask that question, I ask it in a way where you got to think about it like this. What does a president actually do? What are the powers of a president actually? What can he actually change? Because let's think about it like this. He can't build no wall. Point blank. That BS he's about building a wall to keep Mexicans and immigrants out. That shit ain't gonna happen. He can't build a wall. You have to have Congress do stuff like that. They would never approve anything like that. So a lot of the things that he's See, talking about, he can't do. The president is the image of America. That's the problem of America. He's no more than a spokesperson, just like Speaker Boehner was for the House. That's, yeah. He's just our national spokesperson. That's really it. His power is limited because, one, everything goes through Congress. We all know that, that the majority of Congress is what? Republican. Has been for a, for a while now. Even if they say that the Democrat once had power, BS. The problem with, I think a lot of people have with Trump, especially even Republicans, is that he willfully speaks the intentions of Republicans that they don't speak out loud. And then he says it totally incorrect. Because <laughs> a lot of Republicans believe on the same lines as Trump. Maybe not as hardcore, maybe not as vicious-like. Maybe not as racist-like. <laughs> but, I'm, I mean, just... If we just put it into a respective Pets. sense, yeah. they do. Because why do we go to war? Democrats don't go to war. Generally speaking, no, they don't. They generally... generally speaking, they don't go to war. Now, if war is already in place, you know, they got to do what they got to do. But who, who who's quicker to go to war? Democrats are really not that quick to go to war. They will strike, but they won't go to war. They try to avoid that. But a Republican will look how much money was spent during both Bush's eras. Because both Bushes went to war. <laughs> yeah, but it's for them. The war is about making money. Of course, you know, both both wars were oil. Yeah, it's it's for them. And Bush is in the oil industry. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so that makes you sit and wonder, what real reasons do we have for going to war? Good point. All right, I looked aside at the definition. From, of, aside from that, I looked at the definition of a president and the responsibilities of it. It says the president is both the head of state and the head of government of the United States of America, and commander-in-chief of the armed forces. Under Article 2 of the Constitution, the president is responsible for execution and enforcement of the laws created by Congress. The key word the there... The laws created by Congress. Exactly. So basically the oh, president... Oh, by the end, he made the final decision. Yes and no. He has to execute the laws that Congress makes. He can't put laws in place. He can veto certain things. Exactly. He can veto certain things, but he can't sit there and be like, oh, we're gonna do this. When so, you look at Obama's terms, look how look how how he had to fight with them to get what he wanted in order to help the average citizens, like what for for example with the healthcare plan and stuff like that. Look how they fought him tooth and nail both terms until they finally gave him something. Yeah, they didn't give him all of it. They gave him something. Exactly, yeah. they gave him something. So it all Congress in the end is the ultimate decider, man. And people don't realize that even when it comes to these votes, the votes that matter is what the votes in the house, the electoral votes in the house. People overlook these electoral votes. Who are these electoral votes coming from? But a lot of people are not educated about that. that you is know, true. some people don't know what the electoral votes are. 
some of and, people don't know what it is. And I, that that kind of got me too because they out here wanting people to register to vote, but they're not even teaching them the whole technicality of this whole voting structure, and that's for a reason. There's always a reason behind everything the government does because we can't go too far into that, and I can't win. <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all controlling. If we want to keep a podcast, no, we can't. <laughs> I want to keep my freedom. <laughs> I'm gonna say. Don't I find don't I find interesting about this whole election? Hmm. The fact that, unlike never before I've ever seen in my life, you have every celebrity not telling you to go vote, but they're telling <laughs> yeah. you to go vote against Trump. Literally. Yeah, that's all yeah. about radio. It's yep. literally, like, it was an ad I saw a couple weeks ago where they literally have all the fucking Avengers, and they're all telling you, go vote against Trump. Yeah, I saw that. And that's then last crazy, week, so. the whole cast of Empire is telling you, go vote against Trump. Sure vote for. Yeah. <laughs> but some, sometimes I got a problem with that. You know, you vote against him, but they telling you what to vote for when it comes to Hillary. Yeah. You know, just what's the positive side of Hillary? There's not much. <laughs> much. She don't. She don't want to build a racist wall. That's not it. Yo, look, I told this to somebody, and they thought I was being racist when I said this. Hillary is using the victims of black children and men who have been slain by cops. She's using them women as her catapult to help her campaign, cause there was a yeah. big, there was a big thing to do with that. Like almost a month ago, even still, like she's using our our minority women mothers to get her ass in office, piggybacking off of being a mother. You know, she's trying to use that relation thing, relate to a minority woman. How can you relate to them? You you are on you somewhere else compared to where we are. So how can you bring yourself to be sympathetic and sit down? And she looks not how can I say this in the right way? She doesn't look she look ridiculous. She doesn't look emotionally attached to the topic. Genuine. That's how I want to say it. Genuine, that's what you mean. She 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 can't. Of course she can't. Like and <laughs> What I find fascinating about Hillary Clinton is the fact... It's so much I want to say, but... No, I'm going to say it straight up. What I find fascinating about her is the fact that if you go back eight years... Was it eight years? She was almost the freaking president. Yeah. Her and Obama, that that campaign was really close. People was backing Hillary hard. Yeah. Almost to the strength of how they backed Bernie Sanders. Of course. Because so, they want Obama in office, you know, because of his skin color. That's it. But even so, how do you have that such a fall from grace where you go from everybody genuinely liking you a lot to they damn to despise Hillary Clinton. People are like, I would rather vote for no one than do you, But do you know how much dirt came out about Hillary, though, that a lot of people didn't hear? Yeah. Certain people get certain news. Not, not your average citizens pay attention to some of the news that's out there on other respectable streams and she has her hand in a lot of deaths of Africans over there in Africa there's a lot of dirt on her hands that surfaced even even still look at all these email scandals and all this crap you know all this Same stuff thing. that went up. even even from Sanders to now I hear a lot of things in Haiti too about her with the money mm-hmm. so Some you know the money's still missing money gonna always be missing when you fucking with these politicians yeah. <laughs> that's true 
See the email you got, thing. You got some dirt on her hands, bro. I look at the email thing. I look at it like, all right, I see why people get mad at it. But at the same time, all these fucking politicians are like this. They, if I guarantee you go through all these politicians, they all do the same shit. This is not new stuff. Nope. Yeah. No, not at all. Politicians to be a salesperson. You can't trust any of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty That's much. That's true. That's a good way to put them. They yes. said they sales pitching like a mug. <laughs> yep. And now the sales pitch sucks. Man, both of them sucks. Yeah. Right now it feels like who you gonna vote for, the devil or the witch? Yeah. Uh-huh, that's a good one. The devil or the witch. They both still a devil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One gonna get you one gonna give you the fast fuck, the other one gonna get you long dick style. <laughs> it's just a matter of how how fast you wanna be screwed or how slow you wanna be screwed. Either way you screwed. Yeah. Yep. Okay, let's break it down a little bit into, all right, let's say Trump wins. What does his first 90 days in office look like? Chaos. I think he's going to target more of the immigration situation because that's that always been his big thing. That's why I said chaos. <laughs> See, but it, it's, it's going to be bad for business for him because when you look at his shirts, his clothes, whatever he does. Just look at his outsourcing, not period. Outsourcing, period. Yeah, all his businesses are not in the U.S. He uses, what, um, Singapore, uh, Thailand, Mexico. Mexico, the same people you want to keep out are the people that you hire for less than, less than, less than, less than minimum wage. <laughs> so you want to keep them out and keep giving, I mean, I mean, which is ironic because his <laughs> whole pitch is that he wants to bring jobs back to the United States. That's one of his biggest pitches that he's trying to You can't to bring on. jobs when all you do is outsource. Yeah. Yeah. That's the but campaign that's he's going to like say about bringing jobs back to the United States. Because, you know, some of the companies like AT&T, you know, they charging us all these high rates. But the jobs that you, that you have is from overseas. Now you call a telephone company, you have like an ARAB on the phone with the name Steve. No, no, that's not his. No, well, that's not his name. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> From Saudi or somewhere. Hello, my name is Steve. How may I help you? That is <laughs> right. true. Yeah, you hear a bunch of people in the background speaking another language. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right about that because that's those telecommuters, telecommunication jobs, man. When you go online now, anybody can be hired all over the world. Bingo. And then you're giving out your personal information, so you don't know what they're going to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what do you well, think about... Hang oh, up. Let's go. What do you think he would do about foreign policy? Because my biggest concern is the fact that if he gets elected, all of our allies are just going to vote. They're like, fuck this. We're not dealing with the United States no more. <laughs> so what time of... Yeah, because he's offending them. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think but the only one who likes know, him is Putin. But you know what? Not that we... Not to jump topic. How, how do you think... Cause see, I've been over here to some of these foreign places. How do you think these foreign people gonna look at a female president? Yeah, where they don't even where their women walk five or so many paces behind them, not allowed to look in their face, not allowed to keep their face uncovered. It's a whole nother bargain. See, we as America can respect a female prime minister because we are a land that preaches equality, freedom of you know all of this different stuff. So what happens when? The, the 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 position of power changes and the woman is sitting in the seat and she has to go over there for these foreign policies with these people who will not will not respect her 
as a, as as what she was before they respect her, but now in this position, I don't know about that. That's um, very they, interesting. They're not gonna have any choice because the Queen of England, she's a female. They still respect her. She's held in another category. She's not the, the Queen of England. That's a, that's a monarchy that you're talking about compared to that's, a democracy. But that's still a title. It's a title, but she is the queen. She is the queen. Nations, including ours, the reason why we have social security numbers, are in debt to that nation, to I think, that queen. I don't think the queen over there has power, though. I think it's like what? a... It's like a... Bro, you're talking to somebody who lived over there. She got power, bro. It's like a figurehead almost, though. Don't parliament basically run everything there? I'm not sure. I don't ever live there. Parliament, I'm going to put it to you like this. Parliament over there is like Congress, but the only difference is she has the final say. Here, okay. Congress has the final she, say. Do they put that stamp, that seal? Once you put yeah. the seal on she, it? Yeah, she, dude, she is that, she is that motherfucker, man. She makes the decision, she makes the decision, <laughs> the final decision on our president. That is yeah, pretty I, much. I just like the fact that dude, we, we just got a four person in the podcast. We didn't even know that they were she, was, she was here the whole time. She was trying to stay like... <laughs> She be trying to. I don't know why. <laughs> she be trying to stay quiet, and then yeah, she just get amped up and get in the podcast. Yeah, that's, that's what's up, man. The topic got to talk, man. <laughs> because like this is stuff we talk about. This is my co-host from um the Groove City Pulse podcast, Trinity Fly. So let me. Uh, Shilla, this is Trinity Fly. Trinity Hi. Fly, this is Shilla. Three high school friends. Okay. There you go. I know Shilla right. since elementary school. Okay, well, I knew y'all since high school. Yeah. Yeah. I, literally I knew Shilla Darren since elementary. And Darren over there. Way back. Y'all go back so far. Yeah, Y'all hairstyle is still the same as it was back then. Pretty much. <laughs> My hairline too. <laughs> but I mean when you look at uh when you look at these different uh political structures like you got to remember our democracy did not come from us our democracy democracy itself is a roman thing that's a roman thing when you look at uh you you took uh what is it uh what you took you took science you not you i'm what delvin took he took something with legal you talk about uh criminal justice so, you uh, know the legal, so you know the legal jargon as well as you do too, Sheila. Y'all yeah, know the legal jargon. What what language is that? What Latin. language is the legal jargon predominantly in? Latin, if I'm correct. And when you look at the Latin, the Latin is off of Spaniard and Roman. Yeah, right. Yeah, same. You're right. <laughs> so when you break that all down, our democracy isn't even. This isn't even our government that we are governed by. We are governed by a government that was in place in another nation, in other nations before it came here. And then when we go to war in our like when we went to war in Iraq. That was a communist region, which is now becoming democratic. And that's bad, too. Because they've been communist for how long? Oh, but the crime rate over there is, is ridiculous now here. Yeah, they brought, they, yeah, they took it to democracy and it got worse. Yeah. <laughs> so we are going back on Trump foreign policy. He's going to be no good on that point blank period. Because I don't think he know anything about it. He he. There's a lot that he doesn't know about. Trump is no more than a businessman. He just knows how to make money. Yeah. Just because you know how to make money and can run 
Trump towers all over the world and this all over the world and that all over the world doesn't mean you can run a nation. Especially considering the fact that he really is no more than a capital investor. Because every business he owns, he ain't the one running it. No, when, to, to make the money he makes, you don't run them businesses. You put the right appointed people in place to do it. He's not running them businesses. Yeah, plus he's using his name to make money. Because a lot of the um, the hotels and stuff, he don't own it. It's just his name is on there. And then I just saw a commercial today. I didn't see it in full. But it, I saw the ending of it where they were saying, would you want to put this man in office thinking about your daughters? Something like that. Because there was something something came up with him with um, with um, younger women. It's a whole bunch of stuff yeah. come with him, younger women. A whole lot came up. So then oh, you wow. gotta you gotta look at that. Look at his morality. Do you really want this person in office? Morally speaking, financially speaking, and thinking as someone that you want to represent your country. When I was in Europe serving under Bush Jr., a lot of the local nationals had a problem with us being there, not because we're soldiers, but because of who we were serving under at the time. And they would tell me. It's not you we don't like. It's what you represent. It's who you stand for. It's your it's your commander in chief we don't like. And because you're here, be, while he's in office, we want you out. This is what a lot of local nationals said to me and fellow soldiers over there. They had no beef with us, but when they seen us in that uniform, they had beef with us. And it's not us they had the beef with. They had beef with our nation because of who our nation is under and why we're doing the things we're doing. Africans, Germans, Turkish, like you, whatever nationality I met, the same thing came out of their mouth. And it made me reevaluate, should I reenlist? Should I get out? What is it that I don't see? Like, I use this as a way to escape the streets, but just what did I escape and get myself into that these people feel so strongly about this uniform, this flag, this man that's the president at the moment? Obama was the first president the entire globe celebrated it entire globe since JFK, who didn't even get to serve his first term. They never celebrated, the world celebrated Obama, yo. The world, that first term. They got a place over there in Asia, it's a little city or whatever called Obama. Them people, <laughs> they went nuts over there for Obama, yo. So like, when you look at that, and he's the most popular president, this new pope is the most popular pope. I mean, politics isn't politics no more, man. Social media and issues in the world have really made politics. When I look at what I've seen these last eight years to now, when it comes to the politics, this this is screwed up entertainment. You know, it's screwed up entertainment because issues that need to be addressed are not fully having the attention paid to because it's entertaining. Trump is an entertaining, ignorant person. <laughs> so entertaining to the fact that everyone forget that there's other parties out there to vote for. There are other people running for president, like Gary Johnson yep. and Jill Stein. Why don't nobody talk about these people? One is liberal, one is independent. These are other people that we can sit here and And I see. bet you they would have been better options than what we got I'm right now. Quite sure, but you got what? Jill Sky, she's green. Everything she's talking about is about uh making America a, a healthier place to reside and live in. And then you got the other liberal guy. He's liberal. That they're just 
<laughs> but they're not stepping up. You don't hear nothing about them. I didn't no. know they existed. Well, see, the reason why is because in your mind, they have you as Democrat and Republican. That's one. Right. Number That's two, true. you got Hillary, who's who, what, made over five point something, not 500 odd million dollars on her campaign. You have uh, Trump, who's making over 200 and something odd million dollars on their campaign. Yeah, now, you, talks. Go, you go and you go check out what John got, uh, I mean, what Gary has, and, and what Jill has, Jill may, may have put in like $1.6 million. Uh, whereas, uh, what's the next gentleman's name? Uh, Gary, Gary Johnson pulled in about uh, $12 million. So they're not, they're not talking that, they, they're not making that big money impression. Mm-hmm. They're not getting um, sponsored, per se. And, and, and so, therefore... Nobody, they fall through the cracks. Right. And it's it's Democrat and Republican. I mean, those are the two parties that pretty much run our country. For you to be a liberal or independent and get in there, boy, I tell you. But isn't twelve million good enough to get a commercial on TV? It's twelve. It it is. It is. But when you when you now when she when you break down that money like she just did, think about it. With five hundred million, do you know how how many stations she got on lock? I can pay to take your commercial off TV. Two hundred million. Exactly. That's how the commercial industry works. That's oh, crazy. you got the six o'clock slot? No, I want that slot. Go ahead and put me in. Just to get your commercial aired, especially with this campaign, yo, they spending over two hundred and seventy-five thousand just for one day. Oh wow! <laughs> just for one day, during during the most prime time visibility, like the high visibility times, cost the most money. So oh. 12, 12 million ain't gonna get you. Ain't gonna get you far. <laughs> Battling against five hundred to two hundred mil, <laughs> ain't gonna get you nowhere. And, 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 you know, Trump, he he's he he has his own money. He's not, as he say, accepting funds. As he See, that's, that's why he's so blind. He they can't control him. You gotta love yeah, that. That that is exactly why he's so blunt. Nobody's yeah. in his pockets. You gotta love that. You kind of have to have you some have sort to, of yeah. respect for that as an American man. Who wants to run the country? I can understand where he's trying to take America. I can understand what he's saying. To me, he just seems like an old asshole. You know, he say what he thinks. He say what he thinks. You know, he likes young girls. He smashed them. I mean, he's American. He's an old asshole. Whereas Hillary, she's a freaking crook to me. When I look at her, I see a murderer. When I look at her, I see a liar, a thief, someone who's prepared. To do the worst to the to the minority of people for success for the overall for the overall direction. So to go back to that initial question, when you asked, what do you think would happen if if Trump was to run to be president? My opinion, we I mean, he's a douchebag, but he's still a man. We might get some little bit more time. We might we might actually have an opportunity to succeed. Whereas Hillary. To me, I think our head is on the chopping board, but that's my opinion. And it's and nice to have a woman's point of view. Nice to have an opposite <laughs> opinion, period. Especially when you're talking about Hillary, because I feel the same way she does with Hillary, but for a man to say it, it seems like we'd be bashing her. So to hear it coming from a woman's point of view, especially intellectual, I think that's a good... Because I, I agree, like, Trump... Trump represents, you got to look at his age, one, he's way older than Obama, way older than 
a lot of these well, presidents. Both of them are old as fuck. <laughs> I mean, for real. So Hillary's sixty-eight. I think he's sixty-six. When you get in the age bracket, they in yo. You, Hillary. She's been, she's groomed, to manipulate and deceive. She's been in this for a minute, so she can. She knows how to say things the way she knows she need to say it. Whereas Trump. I got bread. Right. I don't need your money. Fuck who you think you talking to. Right. Do you know who I am? Nigga, you staying in my hotel. Kick this nigga out. Like, he's yeah. like that. Like, he is really... It's, we, my, my dad is like 69 years old, 70. And he say what he feel. Right. He gonna do what he feel. Because he lived his life according to his way for so long. And he set in that way. Trump is set in his way. And what's scary to me is how they have so many campaigns trying to tell you not to vote for him. It's like, well, damn, so you're going to try to convince the masses to vote for who? Hillary? Because you're obviously not promoting anyone else. You see the two persons I just mentioned, Gary Johnson and Jill Stein, were like ghosts to you guys. So it's like, yeah. how... So if if we if the, if the majority doesn't know that these other two candidates are running, don't vote for Trump, so vote for Hillary. That, that sounds like a set up to me Yo, if I ain't never hear one. We was at Walgreens, right? Oh, uh, I don't know if she's an island woman or what, but we were standing there and she asked, who are you voting for? And we looked at her and we was like, uh, doesn't seem to matter who you vote for because they both evil. She was like, yeah, but vote for the lesser of the two evil. evils. Right. I was like, really? That's that's how America thinks? Vote for the lesser of two evils? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah. It's four <laughs> evils like. running. It's four evils running America. <laughs> vote for the lesser of two evils? She's like, you're going to vote, though. I was like, uh, I, You don't scare me like that, man. I'm voting for God. <laughs> yeah. I've already said before, why we just can't have Cobra Commander run for president? It's the same shit. I'm saying, man. I want to vote for Cobra Commander, yo. Cobra Commander Sergeant for president. Solid. Somebody. Anybody else. Man, if, I would have voted for the Silverhawks, man. If, if fucking Trump can <laughs> run and he can have a chance of winning, why we can't vote for anybody we want to? Fucking all those fortune, nigga. The Smurfs. No, no, she said we can. You how, can how, how can we though. do this? When, okay, do this? anytime... See, this is where this is... What knowledge is power. Anytime you're voting, regardless if the ballot is there, especially if they have a blank spot ballot, you are able... To write in, you know what? Dang, <laughs> I so forget about it. I want. Hey, we gonna write Cobra Commander. Nuts. Everybody vote in Cobra <laughs> Commander. Such and such. And or or Seth Green. Man. I'm voting right. for Seth Green, man. I, I don't think I, Chris I, Griffin. I don't think you want Seth. Seth I want Chris twisted. Griffin, Robot Chicken. <laughs> you want him? They're twisted, dude. They're twisted. They're like got robots fucking washing machines and stuff. That's weird. That's great. Too. But you know, it it's like you. You have to know your country. You have to know who you're voting for, who not to vote for. You got to know what they taught you in social studies in middle school. You got to remember that it's more than just Republicans, more than just Democrats. Yeah. You know, once we got into high school, they didn't really teach us about all that no more. Their main focus is that we were just slaves and it perhaps freed us. Oh, shit, we about to go somewhere Unless you take African studies. Man, what was the high school on this podcast? Because, yo, I got a topic for the next podcast, and you need to be on it. Yes. But we ain't going to talk about that until we all fair, because you just brought it up. Oh, my God, so yes. You got you to make sure you send the link. I, I am, I am. Yeah. We're going to touch that on that one. We're going to stay political. Political. <laughs> 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 he just, he 
got me high off of that, yeah. that sentence right there. It's going yeah, I, and I saw your face, and I was like, not now. Not now. She <laughs> got locked in the box until later. He opened the door. Yeah. <laughs> open Pandora's box, Philip. <laughs> so what if, if Hillary wins? What would happen? I think... I see everybody got quiet. No. I want to hear what Devin thinks. Yeah. I think more or less the same, but the level of respect that people have for the United States would definitely go down to a great degree. And women here would go crazy. Yes. And the thing about it is, I find it interesting because if Hillary wins, you can't say nothing bad about her. Can you say something bad about it? It's sexist. If she's doing a bad right. job, you can't say she's doing you, a bad job because you're sexist. You gotta be careful what you say on the air when she becomes. Because mm-hmm. if you remember, the first year when Obama won, anytime somebody said something that sounds slightly racist, they was up out of there. People losing their jobs over it and everything. <laughs> yeah. That was a big yeah. thing. You and can, look how many scandals happened too when Obama first got in office. Mm-hmm. There was like damn near eight scandals, yo, just in the first freaking six months, including the biggest yep. one, which was the CIA scandal. I remember that. Bingo. I, I can't forget that. A lot of people got fired. And then in, in the process of him getting in the office, look at what happened over there Um, between, what's the name of that strip between Egypt and, um, I can't remember the name of it, but all that bloodshed that was happening near that strip prior to him getting ready to make his inauguration speech. That's why when he first spoke, I wanted to hear where he was at on foreign policy because there was a lot of people getting killed. The Gaza Strip over there. Because I wrote music behind what was going on in the Gaza Strip, and I even wrote letters to the White House wondering what is going to be this man's stance on foreign policy dealing with the Middle Eastern community, considering the fact that no matter what anybody wanted to think, that he's Middle Eastern, that he is Islamic because he went to an Islamic school. By that culture's belief, when you when you issue that prayer, that Islamic prayer from your mouth, you are considered Islam until you convert or die. So even with people saying he's Protestant, he's this, he's that, he's this, he's that, how he grew up and by that custom, he is what that custom says he is. So I wanted to know how did he stand against that particular sect that he happens to be a part of when it comes to foreign policy. Because the Gaza Strip was, it was children dying daily, seconds, minutes, hours, until him, you know, up to him giving the inauguration speech and beyond. There was like over 14,000 people killed within that first two months of him being president. And he didn't, he was real shady about how he addressed it, the Gaza Strip stuff, in my opinion. I didn't like the ums and the searching for words and stuff like you. You knew this was going on before you became, I know you knew this was going on. It was a global issue, so you should have known how you would handle this issue. So now, coming to now, how would either of these two handle a Gaza Strip situation? Because what's going there's still heavy, heavy stuff going on in Jerusalem from Muslim nations, attacks and mortars and stuff like that going on. That's not being talked about on regular news. You got to look at BBC. Or, you know, get online and check AFN out, which is an Air Force news network, to find out some of this stuff. None of this stuff is making the news that matters. So I would wonder how how can someone like Hillary handle a situation like that? 
she can get through through a female prime minister, but how is she going to deal with Benjamin Netanyahu mm -hmm. and all these cats mm -hmm. that really ain't going to look at her as an equal? They are not going to look at her as an equal. So with foreign policy, anything that happens in America is automatically going to be an American's concern. I respect and understand that. But me being a former soldier and being a veteran, I'm concerned about what happens here, of course. But I'm more concerned what's happening over there because when that implodes, as this implodes, what's going to happen to the global community? I'm not thinking about what's happening just in America because the cop killings have never stopped since we were kids. And we know this. And before that. But we know this. Social media just makes it more prevalent. And for some reason, it's making social media more than anything else that's happening to deter what's really going on. As long as they yeah. keep you focused on this, Boom, bombs being dropped. Boom, bombs being dropped. Because there was an airstrike that just happened three killings ago by a cop that killed, uh, I can't remember that brother, but at the time that happened, there was a bombing that killed 42 people over there, overseas. Well, you know, that's their tactic they use. Same way, you know, with the, what's that, the Zika virus? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things happened. All of a sudden, the Zika virus came out. Now, you don't hear too much about it no more because it's quiet over there. But when something else happened, I wonder what virus they're gonna come out with now. The is your booty virus. <laughs> <laughs> is that your booty virus? <laughs> you see, my butt got up and walked off me. I think the problem is that people don't know. They don't not necessarily know. They don't care about stuff that's not around them. So you have to break it down in terms that it's close to home. Like for I'm gonna give you a perfect example of that. We all live in Florida, correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. We just had a tragedy down here in terms of the hurricane and stuff. Where, while it may not affect us, it affected our neighboring yeah, yeah. areas, including Haiti. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of people see that. We see that. And we can feel that because it's in front of us. We know where Haiti's at. We can relate to that. But when you sit there and tell people about places like Saudi Arabia, Iraq, they can't really picture those places. Us living in Florida... We see Haitian people every day. We relate with them. They are friends. They are family. They are family. Yeah. They're people we talk to every day. Whereas opposed to, we may not talk to that person from Saudi Arabia or Iran or the Gaza Strip every day. So people don't really relate to it and they don't really care about it. It's fucked up, but it's true. Yeah, that ignorance is bliss crap. Yeah. That's yeah, essentially what it is. Yeah, this corner store. And I, yeah, I, I it did. is. It's... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, it is going on for a while. I don't know if it has something to do with, you know, Haiti's not giving, not offering or giving anything. Like, you know, um, Cuba got coffee. Um, Jamaica, they have, I forgot what else they do. You look at the input. Bahamas, right. That type of policy. The macroeconomics and microeconomics. Correct. And, you know, Haiti don't participate in any of that. They have really not much to offer. So I'm thinking they might be being ignored because of that situation. Exactly. Yeah. But I think mm -hmm. Haiti has something that is essential. It's their culture. Haitian mm -hmm. culture is they so do, fascinating but... from their food to everything about but it. But see, now Delvin, like what he's saying, see, that's here in Miami. What is the nation, the the, the the nation world, getting yeah. from Haiti? You the world doesn't necessarily see it. I think they kind of see it in a sense where, like, in, in terms of entertainment, like you got guys like back in the day, you got Wyclef, 
in the Fuji. So, you know, people saw that like, oh, why Club's Haitian? They yeah. kind of connected with that. You know what I'm saying? Whereas, yeah, I was about to say that. Whereas now you don't, you kind of have that. But it's not as, no, as spoken as it really was. No, because if you're looking in the music world, you know, Young Thug is Haitian. There's a lot of Haitian. Tony Ayo's Haitian. Exactly. The so they just don't really say it. That's the problem. But they, they're not like the Fugees was. Yes. They're not as. Mediocre? Yeah, there's something small to offer in such a big world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah, a lot yeah. of big stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Entertainment yeah, yeah. is entertainment. That's going to go here. Over, over everyone's head. Yeah, because trend, yeah, yeah, yeah. trend and fashion. But see, the thing about entertainment is, in the United States, entertainment is king. You get what I'm saying? Because anywhere else, entertainment is just something that you can go over your head. Our biggest... Not necessarily, no. That ain't no. even true. Because when I was in Europe, it's the same thing. Entertainment, entertainment conditions people. I would say entertainment is king in America, but why? Who? So condition it. it's the purpose for the entertainment of why it's king. It's king to this to it's king to middle class and under. It's not king to anybody else above that middle class bracket. Why? Because at the end of the day, you are the entertainment. If not the entertainment, you are the reason why there is entertainment. You are the whole yeah. incorporation, the whole business behind the entertainment. Matter of fact, you are what they tell the entertainers to entertain so that they can have the right programming and shit the way they want things to run. So therefore, entertainment only matters yeah. on a certain level here. It's not like how it is in Germany or in Italy or in other places of the yeah. world where music and entertainment is really just that. Yeah. It's something that's a part of your soul. It's essential. It's, a, it's something that brings the people together and the demons and everything else. But it, it works. Whereas in America, it's here for a purpose. So to look at it and say, okay, this is what Haiti is bringing. They're yeah. bringing entertainment. It's not enough for them. You have to literally, like like the young man said, what's his the name? Import, export, import, export. Because, yeah, yeah, I agree. She's, she broke that shit down better than I could have. That's because that's what I was going to say. Because when I was over there in Europe, Michael Jackson's music was still selling as if it came out that day. Stuff that he did from his teenage years. And people love classic entertainment over there. Over here, like she said, it's it's conditioning. Yeah. It's conditioning. It's but conditioning. See, this, is the, this is the problem with here. Anybody can be a celebrity here. Look at look at our biggest celebrity right now, Kim Kardashian. I mean, she's been going man. for what almost ten years. Because of conditioning. Yeah, off of vanity. Look, look. She look what look what got her popping. Vanity, sex, and stuff. These are distracting spiritual abstracts that if you throw out enough of this, a bunch of women are start feeling insecure about themselves. Instead of them worrying about politics and feeding their kids, they worrying about the next weave and titties they're going to put in yeah. their chest and the booties they're going to put on their behind because of that distraction. So it's... Rage. That's what America's does. That's what it does. It takes... The next hottest thing, and it puts it on this high pedestal. Thirty years ago, it was breasts. Now it's ass. And unfortunately, that's how it's gonna always be here so far. Exactly, because what what the music industry and everything is providing for America right now is a great avenue of brainwashing and programming, keeping everybody at bay 
for when that real big picture is happening. And see, the, the sad part about it is this entertainment industry, they're warning you, that shit about to go down. We about to put y'all in martial law. It's about to be a purge. Your music ain't gonna matter. Like the movie? None of this stuff here is gonna matter. Huh? Like the movie? Like the movie. I hope what, it's a purge like the movie. I don't, I don't think it's gonna happen exactly like that, but it's Damn. happening to some extent now. I'm trying to work like now. Like I want to laugh like yeah. the movie. Purging is happening now. I mean, come on. Purge election year. It's election year. And tell me cops haven't been purging. Kind of seems like they have. You talk about the killing of the young black man and all that? They just the, ain't telling us the about it. The killing of young blacks, period. The purge has been happening. It has been happening. They just ain't tell us no, but, yet. No, but it's been happening for a while, though. It's just that it has, but look how more prevalent it is. That. They put smartphones in dumb people's hands. Right. You know, everybody got a phone. Like, somebody could be in a, on the floor having a heart attack. Let me jig this on world star. Like and, instead of help the person. Right. Oh, I seen him get robbed. He getting robbed. Yo, okay, he's getting robbed. That's Perfect all you're going to do is Example of how Bro. distracted Americans are. So, therefore, come on, man. We really got to, like, help one another. Like, I love your podcast, Delvin, because what you're doing, you're you're putting this out there for people to like think for themselves so eventually they like wake the hell up and say you know what maybe i do not need the latest kim kardashian booty maybe i don't need the latest beyonce outfit i don't need the latest air yeezys you know what i'm saying i don't need no yeezys <laughs> no thousand dollar sneakers or that holy sh you see have y'all seen that shirt that man's selling yo his clothing style looks like hundred dollars that looks like slave clothes straight bum shirt the homeless right, that's what I want to say. They, they, they like bones. <laughs> homeless gear 2000. It looked like he was running away for his freedom. It looked like slave clothing. Catcher Freeman. Sorry. It looked like it. <laughs> there you go. Catcher Freeman. Boom, dog. <laughs> he, he running around looking like a superstar Catcher Freeman, yo. <laughs> Oh. And we still buy it though. It's, it's almost like not his things to me. It's almost like the Chinese restaurants in the hood. Oh. They the places look dirty. They don't do nothing for the community, but it's full of us. Yeah. Same way Jeezy, he came down in our Wynwood area, opened a store, selling shirts for five, six hundred dollars. The line is long, full of us in there purchasing it. Because we're brainwashed and conditioned. It's successful. But they're ugly. There's some ugly shirts. You look do you, like straight do you know? Do you know statistically proven? That minorities watch more TV than the majority. That's why minorities are where they are. Yeah. Sadly, because Makes the TV sense. is a con there's a reason they call it the idiot box. It conditions you. She said something that I thought about the other day when she broke down reality TV. Say it, because only you can say it. Oh say it. man, y'all No, but say it, because that, you that, got that, for this podcast is your fault. Oh, like the whole like the reason why it, reality TV is entertaining. Okay, so what's Start. You gotta hear this, Joe. The hear. initial thought was, okay, I figured with everything that's going on from Groove City and everything, I was like, okay, but business-wise, I would definitely want to have some sort of reality show displaying the personalities that are all attached to the company and the businesses helping it flourish so it can get on another level because, of course, people like to follow. But, however, I thought to myself, I said, well, damn, if I'm going to get on television, I know that it's going to require like a form of uh, conditioning and sacrifice. I was like, I got to put people in some horrible situations to make my show entertaining. So pretty much what I had stated the other day was that, you know, 
with reality TV and, and most channels, because he was saying that, you know, reality TV is all made up. And I said, you know, actually, it kind of isn't. You know, you got real people in real situations, but just a producer or somebody, like a puppeteer, behind the scenes pulling the strings, uh, putting people into horrible situations. You know Bonquisha and, and Kiki don't like each other. These two just got into an argument over the parking spot in the Walmart the other day. So you put Kiki and her friends sitting down at the diner eating. Oh, my God, girl, we're having a good time. Bonquisha, you call up because you're the producer. You call up Bonquisha, you know what, Bone? Kiki over there sitting down with her friend having a good time to eat. I want you to go and pass by them and, and, and tell them hello. So she's like, oh, no problem. Now she goes and walks past her friend, Kiki, and the other girl, and there's a big confrontation because they know that Kiki and Bonquisha don't like each other. So it's like the whole energy of, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, babe? It's the whole, it's the whole form of manipulation, yeah. making you to feel that it's one thing and it's really a whole nother. And, and I think they do that overall, that same form of manipulation that they put in reality television, yeah. they put that in every form of TV. Even if you're, even if you're not watching a reality show, some way or another, you're going to be afflicted by what you're watching on television as if you were Kiki and Bonquisha, if, if what I'm saying yeah. makes any sense. Exactly. It, it, it does, but, you know, we, we give it that power. Same way like Housewives Atlanta and all that. Mm -hmm. To me, I watch it, you know, it's entertaining, but you can right. tell sometimes when somebody's just not there anymore because they don't have a script. They're not fighting anymore. They're not acting a clown, so they get rid of them. When you continuously right. act like a clown, that's when they keep you. You make money, but you look foolish. Right. Yeah. I hate all the shows. Go ahead, Delvin. I don't watch none of that shit. <laughs> I don't either. All that shit but is what, trash. But I like, I'm not even for the lie. I like how what she did was help me to understand. Yeah, she put it in the perfect perspective. Like she, yeah, man. I watch, I watch reality TV. And it shows how manipulation tactics are so. I'm not gonna lie. I watch the hell out of that shit. You wanna know why? Because. When I sit down and I watch uh, or these basketball wives and stuff like that, and you look at the vanity, how beautiful these women are, artificially or naturally, either way they go, they're beautiful, yet you were smart enough to get yourself to this destination in life and then act a fool here in front of Everybody, world. everybody see you act like an ass. So it reminds me as a young woman. How money. Don't, like well, <laughs> don't act like an ass. Not to act. Don't act like an ass. Essentially. But a lot of people don't see it that way. No, like he got that act right stick on. Yeah, he got that act right stick. No, but you know, a lot of people don't see it that way. If they did, a lot of these shows would have been cut off a long time ago. That's now right. you got so many of them in different states. Um, Miami got one too called Wags. They acting like a straight clown on there. What the fuck is wags? wags. Look at all three of us like wags. <laughs> yeah, you know, wags. My, what channel is My wife going? and I, we sit down, we watch those things, so they're funny to me. You know, all I see is people just sit down embarrassing themselves. But the comment that I don't like what black people make, oh, this person right here is embarrassing us. To me, they're not embarrassing me. They're embarrassing they themselves. Right. They're trying to embarrass me. I don't want to know And I wonder, where in America did that come from? Because... It's, it's when I dealt with 
you know, Caucasian people, rednecks. You know, your kind be acting all. I'm like, my they, kind. They judge us as an entire group. And then even with the blacks, when blacks be like, they making us. I'm like, making us. I was like, so you you act like that? <laughs> I just realized. Yeah, like you said, that we unfortunately are the one race that is categorically pick the freak apart, man, no matter what. I just I realized y'all watch some terrible ass TV shows. God. Hey, I look at Cartoon Network and Disney. Yeah, I was about to say, and, and, you know, and AMC and Discovery like Channel. Hulu here and there, but Netflix here and there. What's up with Every Daredevil? Once in a while, we need some fuckers. What's up with Daredevil? Luke Cage. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you, like, hey, look, you sound like Xavier Woods right now, Monday night on Raw, Delvin. <laughs> Tell about some Luke Cage. <laughs> the Magnificent <laughs> Seven. Oh, that's the guy from Booty Ass? But those shows yeah, ain't being promoted. promoted. Yo. But those shows ain't being promoted like that. That's like Luke Cage. You gotta watch but Luke Cage. These... Luke Cage no, is it. the it's blackest TV show I've seen in my life. making the money right now. <laughs> it's what's catching the attention. Luke Cage hey, is wow. super black. <laughs> Luke Cage is shit, man. You can't get no blacker than Luke Cage. That boy all smiles. It's like it's like watching a fucking hip hop TV show. People was complaining about that show. I noticed the critics were saying there's too many black folks on there. The whole cast is black. It's only one white person the whole show. What's wrong with that? It's awesome. No, but they were complaining. The critics were complaining about that. Fuck That's the good. critics. That mean they're doing they, the right thing. You know, it's very yeah. funny. It's very, very funny. We've always had this problem from since we initially got onto television. Yeah. You can go back and read from even like when the Jeffersons and a lot of different shows yeah. that came out. That was one of their number one complaints. And you say, who's they that's complaining? Them crackers. This ain't, <laughs> ain't no other nationality who loves the next nationality really cares that it's an all-black cast, really would care about any of that. But it's the image. It's important that they stick with a certain imagery, the with the African. Uh, you got, you have white America, mm. you have Latin America, you have Asian America, and you have black America. Now you have the fall and the spectrum of one of them four right there. If you don't, oh well, you better find your leech. Because in white America, you can't, they follow the, the, the fashion of the blacks, the look of the blacks, sometimes the behavior of the blacks, but they stick to their initial roots and their initial teachings for they can have their longevity mm-hmm. and wealth inside of this land. You have the Latin Americas. They are a people of culture. They are a mm-hmm. people of heritage. So they're going to stick together. And that's, if you're from Spain, from if you're from from um, Dominica Republic to Costa Rica, you are Latin, so you believe to stick that stick together. Asian America is that same thing too. When they came inside of this country, when when they got their citizenship, one of the things that they are taught, like we discussed, is that hey, African Americans is who you capitalize off of because they're idiots. Mm-hmm. We we have them trained a certain type of way. Don't trust them. Asian America. So now African America. We're at the bottom of the pedestal. And I have to say we because at the end of the day, when they look at me, no matter how much German and Scottish and all that, it don't matter. They look at me, I am an African American Mm -hmm. woman. And who we are, this unit right here that's speaking, it's not 
of this is, is not the majority of African Americans that are like us. The major well, correction, I said that wrong. The majority is like us. The minority of them are like the how can I say it without sounding like a complete racist person against my own race? Not Luke Cage fans. <laughs> I don't think it's not like complete racist. I think you're just telling the truth. It is what it is. Right. Well, then, so you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> they are niggers. Yeah, yeah. They are niggers. And we're being judged, all of us as a masses, off of niggers. Not off of the the Harvard uh, professors and the, the teachers and the, 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 the police the officers and the doctors yeah. and stuff. We fill up a lot of places. There's not anywhere you would not go and not find a, a black African-American in a high educated level. It's, it's, there's barely anywhere. Yet, they want to put us all in the same boat of Bonquisha and, and, and the girl who has the eight babies on the section eight with the seven yeah. baby daddies. They want to put us with the drug dealer and everything and stuff like that. And you, as a, as a lover, I don't want to separate myself from them because at the end of the day, when we all coming up, you kind of want to bring them all up. But just like that picture that we seen the other day, yeah. you can't do that. You can't look back and reach back for your fellow African-American because while you trying to pull him up, he trying to snatch you down. And it's like, what is wrong with the conditioning of the people? Yeah. We just need to do a full-fledged reconditioning. I wish there was like some sort of programming that we can really put out there and just really recondition the people on a whole nother level better than Cosby ever could do. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of it's the youth nowadays think different. They don't really try to work together to do anything. They're all trying to compete. Yeah. You know, when you see the Hispanic community, how they team up, they might they may not be from the same country, they may not like each other, but they will put each other in charge. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I noticed, though, a friend of mine, he's Hispanic, he's my dog, and all, but they don't like other, they don't like black people on top of them as they boss. Mm. I've, I've seen, seen that, that too. Mm -hmm. I've yeah. seen that. They want their own on top of them as they boss. Because he had a problem with his boss. And I asked him, you sure it's the boss or it's because he's black? He's telling you what to do. Because when you had the other Hispanic boss that was in charge of you, telling you the exact same thing, you had no problem with it. Mm. Why did my brain just went somewhere? When you said that just now, you know where my mind went? It kind of put me in the perspective of, check this out. Why would you want the slave to be your master? That. So that's they still how they see us there. They still how they still blame us for that. Yeah, you got because to. Look at these, look at these snappers, these hooking fish, these other places. They selling us our food. Yeah, yeah you, you, you right. The King restaurant that's open over there. It's never packed, but snappers is packed, and this food is like poison. They feeding you tilapia, fish that really is the bottom feeder. Mm. Mm -hmm. Then you got um the Monster King restaurant giving you snappers and all that. That's real. That's really what's good for you, and salmon, but we're not buying it. This so brings up. Still blame us for that problem. This brings me to the that's Power Up Directory. Um, Groove City is making a Power Up Directory for uh, just for this conversation, just right here, where we can outreach to all the African American businesses that are local, 
and stuff like that. Uh, so we can go and enjoy the African-American restaurant because I think a lot of times it's either we don't know that it's there or we just don't believe it because we're just so conditioned and these, you know, you know, it seems that like a certain grade of African is just forced into a, a constant habit of living on a daily basis. And no matter how much they try to get out of it, they can't, you know, those, 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 that breed of African to me in my mind had to have been the slaves of the slaves of the slaves, you know? <laughs> so I think, um, like I said, power directory, if you want to know where there's a black owned pharmacy, a black owned nursing home, a black owned whatever grocery store, whatever, the power of directory will definitely have that. For you. Sounds pretty smart. I like it. Thank you. Remember when we was talking about ways to um, go against the system, and remember when we was talking about that with that last topic? I think we talked about that last cop killing, and we were talking about how marches have already been done, protests have already been done. Like boycotts is the only other way there is, and the only way that can happen when she came up with this concept is through something like what, which is basically her baby. Power Directive is her baby, but it's basically a way to help Black America realize how to stand on their own, so to speak, and how to come and how to support your own community instead of rioting and destroying your community. How about you put that money into your community? Stop talking about it. We're going to help you realize where your own people are doing the same things Walmart and all these mega corporations are doing and probably do it at a more affordable price. Mm -hmm. And you're putting money back into your community instead of rioting your community like these people. Uh, where was that place where the last riot happened where they destroyed their community, throwing bricks through windows and all this Talk crazy about Charlotte. stuff? Like, yeah, like you're not hurting the system. You're hurting your own. Mm -hmm. And the best way to hurt the system is cut your dollars. Stop financing them. Like, literally, but it's, stop financing. it's hard to do that when they don't get out their house. Because when you see on Facebook, you got all these people cooking. The food look good. Where they cooking from? They cooking in their house. So you don't know if that's sanitized or not. They're not opening restaurants. They're not opening stores. They're cook, cooking in their house. Then you see all these barbecue stands on the corner. So no. you know, they, they're not setting up some type of legacy. But see, the whole thing with the, now with the power of directory, for example, you, Sheila, and your wife, y'all are African-American entrepreneurs. So what the power of directory will do is y'all already have a client base, but what this does is this puts you out to the African-American community to know exactly who you are. So the services you provide that these professional African-Americans might need, they can easily find you instead of going to someone else who isn't of their culture or, you know, their community and stuff like that. So the things that they're going outside their community for, it's white within their community and the power of directory helps them to find right, you. Places, right. Basically. Find you. They have to they have to want to find us. They have to want to That's find right. us. Oh, this is my wife. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. They have I'm to, sorry. I'm sorry. No. They have to want to find us. Some of them don't want to find us. They don't even look for us. Mm. Yeah. They don't mm. even look for us at all. They could care less. They don't believe in us and our knowledge and what we know as opposed to other races. Mm -hmm. So they have to want to find us. So the question is, how do you get them to even notice what you're doing so that they can find those of us who are out there? That's a wonderful question. Let me sit back. No, 
Um, <laughs> pretty much how we're going to let them know, it's just the same way as we're reaching out and letting everyone know of everything else. Just like everyone knows about the boycotting and the whole nine yards. African-Americans are starving for a way out right now. They are losing their minds because they're boycotting because they're trying to find a way to survive off the land of the living. And, and this is, this is, this is the conversation. So just in those same ways, same wavelengths and forms where it's like, Hey, uh, we don't know where to go for this. or we don't know what to do for that. Power directory will show up. Boom, boom, boom. Besides other than their front doorstep, it would also show up in their local forms and everywhere else that they communicate amongst each other, discussing the need for the battle because Every day, when I go on social media, the first thing that I see, more than anything, is how blacks need to stick together, how blacks need to uh, survive on their own, how blacks need to do this. Well, if that means that the black people are really looking for this. That means they're starving for it. They want this. So once you put something that someone wants in their face and you keep repetitively putting it in their face like look this is your way out 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 eventually it may take a little bit of time but eventually they will take it we have to especially us being elites or people who are looking to better our community we have to be persistent persistence is the key we can't just sit here and say oh we want to make things better i'm gonna throw it out there they don't know that i'm here and then turn around and walk away from them now you got to keep shoving it in their ass just like how Uncle Tom kept shoving it in the ass. We have to keep shoving it too, feeding it, let it become an everyday word of their mouth, a household name, power up directory. You know what? I need to find me some medicine for my kids. You know what? The power up directory just said that the Merritt Pharmacy is located at this location. Let me go see what I can do to, because I heard that they give free uh, medication to children underneath this age. I heard that it's with the power directory, we'll be giving that type of information to the community so that they will know, hey, not only does this pharmacy offer the medicine and the bandages and the stuff, they also offer you the resources and the help. Not only does this restaurant offer you food and stuff like that, the owners have a nonprofit organization can help you feed and clothe your naked children. Not only does this have this going on, this is going on, but eventually with starving people, People are going to want to eat, and they're going to find their way out to it. And with um, Delvin wanting to add ads to the podcast, too, that's that's going to be a big way for the Power Up Directory to actually be out there like that, especially with these podcasts being put on things like Google Play, iTunes, like that. Like, it's going to get exposed to a wide variety of people. The thing is, it's going to catch the attention of the people who are looking because not everybody's looking, but there are people looking, and the ones who are looking is the ones that matter. And the beautiful thing about the ones that are looking, when you just say there's a, it's only going to be a handful of education, educated people who are going to look, right? And that's the beautiful thing, because the, my favorite part of advertising is word of mouth. Yep. So therefore, with the smart people who know to look, they're going to go and look, and then from then they're going to tell the next the next man, hey, go to this black place. Instead of going to Walmart, go to this place. Instead of going to this grocery store, go to this place. It's going to work. Go to the farmer's market. We have to, as a people, eventually, if we're trying to survive, regardless if it's with power of directory or with God, we have to figure out how to maintain and survive 
on our own off the land. Why? If not, we will die. They will kill us. It's not a joke anymore. It's no more, oh, you know, it, it's, it's just not a joke. They're shooting us, man, for no random damn reason. We're getting pulled over and we can't even pick up our kids from school and, and wear a weapon on our, on our waist as if it's not legal in the state that we're in, as, as if we didn't have the paperwork. We're getting shot down and killed like it's nothing. We have to find a way to make it happen as a unit, as a people. That persistency is going to be the key. Persistence is everything. And also building that trust. You have to get black people to trust you because that's the biggest thing with us. We don't trust. We don't trust. We don't trust our own. We just don't. Why do we trust the whites over the blacks, though? Because it is systematic. That's how it's always been. That's how we got over here. We got over here because we got each other up on that boat. When white folks couldn't come for on that in Africa and just rally up a whole bunch of black folks, they had to get the help of the natives. So that's our mentality from day one. It didn't just happen when we came over here. We've always been that way. That's just the bottom line. But the problem is that we don't trust each other. Now, we can do, say, like, for example, this month I've offered for free, because really I don't like to work for free, but I've offered for free, free classes to help people of color, my people, who are interested in knowing how to start a business, how to pull your permits, how to get your occupational licenses, whatever you need to get growing and active, I'm offering them free services for that. So now the question is, how many people are going to bite? And I don't just do this like once or twice. I do it all the time. Every now and then mm-hmm. I might get three people or four people, but I always do it. But what is I it just three or four? Sometimes wow. just three or four because wow. people don't see people don't always <clears throat> trust you. When you're dealing with black people, you have to get in their face. You have to form a relationship with them. You have to talk to them. That's the only way that we trust is if you form a relationship. And even then, we might be hesitant. You all can't tell me that you never ran across another brother or sister that you tried to legitimately help, but they actually thought you wanted something from them. It's happened to me all the time. I'm offering <laughs> to help you, give you free services, and you still don't trust me. We have to build yeah. relationships with each other first. Mm-hmm. When we build relationships, then we get a better response from one another. Because we'll we just see. don't believe in each other. We just don't. What you're and, talking and, about and that's is the what you're talking mm-hmm. about, what you're talking about right now is like pretty much what we've been saying the entire time, reconditioning the people is a heart issue. If I can't trust you or you can't trust me, obviously we're not going to go anywhere as exactly. a unit. So the question to ask is how do we get one another to trust one another again? I believe a part of that is actually just accepting and knowing the truth of the time that we're living in. I think right now that it's so it's so much against everyone. I mean, you you it's not just blacks against blacks. I mean, you got the government against you, you got your job against you, you got life against you. The challenge in everyday life is trusting in general. In order to get black people, especially as far as like what you're doing with business owning and stuff like that. A lot of them are scared and timid and afraid because they think that if I go out there and I reach for a business, the white man or this man or whoever man is going to try to pull me down and I'm not going to make it. You know, behind all of that is getting the people to actually believe in themselves. I think what we probably really need to start is in the hearts of the people, reminding the people that we started together as a nation initially. And for one, for two, 
yeah, we may have been used as pawns to destroy one another, but what nationality of there ever out there in history where they didn't use their own nation to, as pawns to distrust the people? That issue is an issue that could be with any race, any color, any creed. That to me is like just another reason for a black person to say, oh, I don't trust God, I think you just gonna come up on me. The only time I've ever seen it where it was like, okay, it makes sense for the whole come up is when I went to a, a hot dog parlor. One was black owned and one was white owned. I went to the white owned hot dog parlor and the hot dog parlor, his hot dogs were like $3.50. I go to the black man hot dog parlor his hot dogs were $5.50. I asked him, I said, why are your hot dogs so much more than the one across the street? And he says, it's, 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 it's tougher for me. It's harder for me to afford it. I, I don't have as many clients as he do. So for me to be able to keep my doors open, I got to charge a little bit extra. And it's not that he's selling any different of a hot dog because we bought, we bought a hot dog from both locations. The hot dog was the same, but yet no one wanted to go and, and, and help him because of, of course, what we've been conditioned and taught. So at the end of the day, I think it's something that we have to work on as overall as a people. We have to learn how to give that genuine love and spread real love, real knowledge, like what you're trying to put out there, giving people businesses and stuff to reach out for and then giving people power because right now we're we're stripped of power people feel powerless and i think another way to give people power is getting us back to each other getting back into the community powering getting it back, up getting back to the community and getting dollars because I, i'm trying to show them how to own their own so that they can become empowered when you That's have right. money and you in that mindset then you can move stuff you can't move anything with empty pockets so you have to get them to that level, and that's why I do what I do. Even my, like I'm doing a non-for-profit, not right now, mm -hmm. and it won't be until 2017, but it's to target young children, the youth, so that I can kind of get them in a business mindset so that they know they have other options other than just working for someone. Even mm -hmm. if they go to college and, and get a career, you want to become a lawyer, you get your own practice. You want to be a doctor, you get your own practice. Mm -hmm. Just teach them how to have their own. And it's because I grew up like that. In my home, I mean, Elijah Muhammad was on the wall. And not that our parents really raised us up like that. My parents used to be in, in the mosque. So my teachings and my rearings are totally different. Like, my father told me straight up, don't never let nobody make you feel like you are the minority because you are not. So a lot of concepts and, and ways that black people think, I don't think like that. And not because mm -hmm. I think I'm better than you or that somebody has pulled the wool over my eyes. I don't mm -hmm. believe that garbage. I don't believe that I can't have and I can't succeed and, right. and, and I can't own. You can't feed me that. And that's just mm -hmm. because that's how I was raised. So my whole thing is I already know we don't trust each other. And that's why I do a lot of one-on-ones. I talk to people and, and I mean, it's, it's getting slow, but it's where do you do process. Where do you do your um, one-on-ones and stuff like that at? Sometimes I may do it at their home. I may do it at a Starbucks. I may do it at a Donuts. Uh, you know, wherever they want to meet, wherever they feel comfortable. We Where can they talk. reach you? Coaching. Um, they call. <laughs> <laughs> they can call me. Because what, what, what happens is my, my, my main business is I help uh, people get liquor licenses for restaurants, stores, gas stations, or whatever. So 
when I started realizing that none of my people was coming to me, I mean, everybody I deal with is a foreigner. They're either not from mm -hmm. this country or they're here. Millionaires got money. And so mm -hmm. they paid me to help them get their licenses. So after a while, I started just on the fly, because it's not my main business, just targeting people and saying, hey, look, you know, you want to open up a business? Let me show you. I can kind of guide you a little bit, get you out the gate and run it. So that's how this whole concept with me started. You know, it wasn't something that I do primarily, but now I'm a little bit more into it because now I see with the way the economy is going, the way everything is happening, we have to we become need owners. We, we have need to, it. We have to become owners. We we have to position ourselves to win. We have to. And we're not right. doing that because, like I say, we mm -hmm. just don't trust each other. We always talking about how she did me wrong or he did me wrong and I don't care, yeah, but... At some point in time, you're going to have to trust me. You're going to have to. Because that's you how it was that. back in the days. You know, when we talk about, I know we do a lot of things social media-wise and stuff like that. But when my grandmother took care of the neighborhood, it was on a one-on-one -on -one type of thing. Because everybody went to each other's homes. They was in each other's faces. They was connecting like that, like over food. That is mm -hmm. one of the best ways to reach a black person. I'm telling you. You cook a yeah. spray some, some chicken. Food. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know she know. such great value and such little response comes from it 
when all you can do is go on social media and everything and you hear everybody talking about I'm a boss, I'm a boss, I'm a boss. But yet here you are, you got a boss who's willing to give you some boss information and you're not really, you're not really willing to really open your ears to wisdom. And you know, that's what, that's what kills, that's what kills the people is lack of knowledge. And as long as we keep getting on this type of podcast with Delvin, eventually after a while, a lot of black people, a lot of minorities are going to get tired of hearing us talk to them as if they're not getting it, as if they don't want to get it, as if they want to get left behind. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, we're all trying to reach a promised land. Might not be the same promised land as the next, but it is a form of promise that we promise ourselves that we're going to succeed. We promise ourselves that we're not going to live in the past. We're going to live in the future. We're going to have money. We're going to have funds. We're going to go sovereign. We're going to build a whole city. Whatever the dream is, unless you're willing to follow someone with great intuition, like young woman here, like Delvin, um, what, what, oh my goodness, I feel bad. Devin, what's your friend's name? The Sil- one with the beautiful wife. Silver. 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 And 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 all of us. Like, unless cool. you're in the same sort of mindset or on your way to it, you're pretty much trapped in a in a in a in a box in a cube, like a crab trying to find their way out. And and it's the saddest thing ever. Look, I'm gonna tell you guys this story. So look, so my battery went out on my truck the other day, right? I got my 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 um zombie apocalypse vehicle. True story. My <laughs> my my battery goes out on the vehicle. So we go to go pick up Evie, which is my man's daughter, and we go out there and the battery dies while waiting for whatever random reason. And literally, I'm talking about a work truck, what was it, Bright View work truck. Mm-hmm. We have two, two, three work vans, two, three work pickup trucks, all right? Black drivers. We go to all of them. Can you, do you guys have any jumper cables? Do you guys have any jumper cables? Do you guys have any jumper cables? Some of them look at my man like, what did you ask me for jumper cables for, bruh? Like, you trying to shake me, bruh? Like, they, <laughs> they have that whole type of attitude towards him like not wanting to help and it was frustrating and they and it was very frustrating and sitting in in it me and him grew very frustrated and we started talking you know reckless and i'm gonna call it reckless talking because the moment you start thinking i'm gonna leave my people behind i can't stand my people you're talking reckless because your people is your people but unfortunately in that state we kind of went there because the next person we stepped out to was a, a Latin guy. He's on his phone, and we say, "Hey, can you can you give us some help?" And he says, "Yo, I, you got you got jumper cables?" We're like, "No, you, we don't have any." He says, "Oh, I wish I could help you, but I can't help." But you know, he was like, "But he wanted to help, couldn't help." And he was smiling he and was smiling from ear to ear, wanting to help, mm. couldn't help. So thereafter, he goes to a gentleman who's mowing his lawn. So he's in the middle of his works, okay? He says, hey, me and my girl, we broke down. Can, can you give us a jump, all right? Guy looks at him like, bro, you know you interrupted my time. But he literally stopped what he was doing, went inside of his home, searched for that jumper cables, came back probably about 10 minutes later, 
literally it was a 10 second charge his battery connected to my battery i cranked up my car literally that's all it took and it hurt my feelings so much to know that's all it took but mm -hmm. i had to go through all of you guys to finally get to a, a spanish man and get help it's like why i gotta go through i gotta run through all my black folks my black folks ain't willing to help me now here's the icing on the cake this is in the neighborhood up the street from the school. These people see me every day take my daughter to school. These are my neighbors, yo. Mm. I was so frustrated. Tears was coming out of my eyes. These are my neighbors. You see my daughter on the handlebike of my bike going to school every morning and every day I come on the same street to pick up. You know who I am and you can't help me. That's crazy. Wow. That hurt. That hurt, man. <laughs> It hurt. Wow. So I think the problem with blacks, we can't see. But it's like she said, it's that 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 trust that gets down to that, dog, trust, that yeah, heart. That's what she said, the heart. The heart, she said it. The, to the point you can't help a, your own in need. You can't yeah. help your own in need. That's that's deep, man. That's like real yeah. deep. And I kind of forgot about it till you brought it up. Because like, I pushed it out my head. Talking to her made me remember. Because I'm like, yo, there's a base to this that, that I'm trying to remind myself why she's ever so correct because you know I, I like to co be corrected when I'm, I'm like okay yes I'm optimistic I'm optimistic I'm optimistic oh yeah that's right I did say I was gonna capitalize on my own black people when I realized how selfish these niggas are sorry how aggressive and passionate I sound about it <laughs> <laughs> given the story that was just told you know, and it's not that's how we feel yeah, but at just... that moment you know how you could be in that moment you, you, you sitting here yeah. thinking like I want to help you people and you can't even do something this simple for me and you know me. Right. Right. <laughs> you know and, and you know me. And then it's something so simple. It's like if you see someone who needs food, why not feed them? If you see someone who needs clothes, why not clothe them? If you have it, provide it. That's just that's human nature, I thought. Yeah. It comes down to that trust. We ain't humans no more. I don't think we humans anymore. I think blacks are something else now. <laughs> <laughs> Quite sure that's somebody that agree with you. <laughs> okay, sometimes society got a lot to do with it too. About us losing our humanity. Yeah, I mean social media. Yeah, a lot of things that's being that's happening to us, a lot of things that we're doing to ourselves. Um, even they go back to the cell phone. You know, at one point time me and my wife went out to eat, we were sitting down. It was quiet. Both of us on the cell phone. Mm. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember, so yeah. We're, we're losing the touch of communication. And now, you know, I have my sister, my only sister. I can't even tell you what her number is. Mm. Wow. That, that goes with it, too. We're losing that touch with ourselves. Mm. You know, Sounds like you Even pick up the phone and call somebody. Mm -hmm. We don't do that no more. We read a text. Mm. So, you know, all of that falls into it, too, when it comes to the trusting, the boosting the communication. You don't know how to talk no more. Even when it comes with writing now, your phone finished the sentence for you. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Heck, you can talk in the phone and talk the sentence. Right, right. So nobody's writing anymore. So, you know, all of that falls into it. I think it's going to get to the point where we don't even, might not even see each other no more. Everybody in their house. Robots doing everything for us. So already getting there now. Yeah. The VA guy, they, their runners are like um, John Hopkins and everything up there. Now they have autumn, like these robots that look like R2D2. 
that run around the hospital mm. doing the job that a person used to do, and it runs on a track. Mm. Oh, they're the runners now. Yeah, they're the runners now. They oh, run the blood wow. work. They run the medication. They're the runners now. There's nobody doing that. A person doesn't do that job no more. Right. So it's AI. AI, AI. is taking over, huh? Well, that means we're in the last of days. We ain't gonna talk about that right now. <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about that. <laughs> but I, I, I think that uh. Another podcast needs to be developed talking about how we can probably, as a group, because I know we've all at one point, because I remember me and Sheila talked about it, and out of Delvin's on the podcast, me and his wife also um, talked about it with him when we had that meeting. Like, we need to come together, and I guess it has to start with us to find a way that we can get our people to relate to us. Like, the idea she had about the food, I like that. Yeah. I know that Delvin does things food. where he um, he um, volunteers his time to help with homeless and stuff like that. So there got, there got to be a way we could probably come together and come up with some kind of way where we can start trying to, I guess, get these relationships, mend this trust in our own community first and then see where we can go from there. You're like a kumbaya type of thing I, the podcast is going to be a good way to do it which is why i'm glad delvin got me started on yeah, it because okay yeah i do music yeah i do film yeah i do all of this stuff but what's a good way to get it out there what's a good way to get the outreaches and the nonprofits out there what's a good way to do all of this stuff and back in the day me and delvin played with a radio concept because remember when you gave me that little phone cord that hooked to the mic and yes. I caught you from your house, and you did a freestyle over the phone when we did that. Remember that? That was a dope-ass freestyle. <laughs> yeah, but, but would you ever think that that day would lead to this? Nah. I just thought I was a dope-ass freestyle. And then the way you put in the podcast together, I know you, yeah, it was a good freestyle, dude, okay? It was a good freestyle. I used to be nice. <laughs> You're going to keep saying it. <laughs> it was a dope freestyle. Give him his props. But with the mediums and the way, like the digital ways that you are enabling us to be able to put these podcasts out, like Google Play, things like that, a lot of the topics that we talked about away from everybody else that was controversial, I even noticed when I reposted and I shared, people are biting on it. So sitting and talking about these topics, sitting and talking about these issues, things of that sort, is a good way to get this information out there. And I think if we keep doing this and we come up with better ways, because these two women especially need to have a show where it's just really them two talking because people need to hear this. And I always feel like even men relate more when it's coming from a woman's mouth. I always believe that with business because that's what I've always seen. Business negotiations I've seen in the industry, traveling, doing stuff with Dev Jam, all this other crap, I've always seen the women be the ones who be the ones who can finalize the deal. And I feel like what these sisters have to say, being intellectual African-American queens and how passionate they are about talking about what they're talking about to help our people and the issues that they've brought up that reasonably make sense that are issues amongst our people. A show needs to be catered where they really can say what they need to say for that full hour. And we need to make sure we do our best to make sure it gets out there and keep promoting it. And I like the idea you have with the ads because I honestly feel this is going to be the only real way to reach people aside from music. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. It is and how powerful the message is that we could come up with 
what we're competing against, we need this. So the idea you had to do this is a beautiful thing. And I think this is a platform to actually get these people to wake up and alert these people. Because this show kind of, look how this went. It started with us three high school friends. Then Trinity Fly came in. Then Mrs. Smith came in. Then it's like, whoa. And we just fell back like, shoot, let's go do this. <laughs> let, 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 let these people hear what these women saying because this is because this is but this this is good this 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 podcast has a family feel to it people need to see this camaraderie this relationship amongst us in order to see how the relationship amongst us all need to be family feel with me my mouth is so vulgar yeah but i mean still you 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 say it freedom of speech you know what I'm saying? Freedom of speech. And these, us three, we're high school friends from friggin' 97 who ain't seen each other since, you know. Good while. Wow. Good while. And we come back together for something like this. So this shows our relationship that no matter where we've been in the world and in life, we came back together all these years later from an idea that one of our friends had, our brothers had, and look what it's turning into. And then you came in. And then she came in and there was no bickering. There was no battling that you see amongst our people. There was none of that. It, everything was just as it should be. And I feel like this show could be a catalyst for even better shows where we show even more of our relationship. And hopefully that this can be an example to our community, because I believe being a soldier and being a vet, they always trained us. You were, you're a soldier 24 hours of the day, 365. You are never not a soldier. Therefore, you lead by example at all times. You never know who's watching. Mm. So the only way for our people to probably more than likely get where we feel they should be is to be those examples. Right, and get people in her class. Not everybody's going to follow, and that's okay. That's not what we're after. What we're after is those who will, Mm. those who want to learn. Those who want to become entrepreneurs, those who don't want to be under the system, those who want to become their own system. Because everybody's not going to follow that scripture. It says narrow is the path to heaven. Very few find it. That goes the same with anything in life. Narrow is the path to anything of success if you're limited in your mind to see the bigger picture. Yep. And uncapping people is a challenge. That's going to be a huge challenge. And the whole thing is just to uncap the few because the few can help uncap the many. Yeah, exactly. And that's right something right. my dad taught me when he was when he was preaching before he retired. It only takes you to get a handful. You don't have to reach the masses. You just need a handful. That's why I and that handful can help you do the job you were trying to do on your own. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, that's that was my little... She, we need her her information for the um for her classes that she's giving and stuff because that's that's essential like in the African American community. So yeah, giving classes that's to a, yeah. help yeah. people learn how to get businesses. This is the perfect time to like boom 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 tell us everything we need to know so we can hit you up and you do a liquor license too. I have a venue I want to open up. I need to talk to you. We, yeah, because yeah, she. She threw venues. She used to throw all types of venues. That's how we actually met. A showcase she threw that I actually participated in. It was a four-week showcase. 
And when I watched how she threw the venue, I was like, oh, this woman is on her game. Like, she knows what she's doing. And then when I seen what she went through with these foreign club owners and how they tried to, when they seen how much money she was bringing in, the greed got it. <laughs> so things messed that up and stuff like that's, that. That's so true because my, my niece is doing that. She's, um, she, she got a following on, is it, I think, Instagram, one of them. I know she got a following. She even got celebrities following her. Mm. So when that club, is it Coco, um, not Coco's, um, the Rolex, whatever it is. Yeah, the one over here by me. Yeah, by 119 and 27. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she's there, she's hosting. And at one point, they wasn't paying her, but she was bringing a crowd. Now they paying her. She's rich. She's packing half of the building. Mm. But the thing is that when it comes to the business side, mm. you know, at her age, she thinks she's know it all. Mm. Mm-hmm. But that hurts us, don't it? When you think we know it all. You know, that's, that's another thing, too, because we try to teach her. You know, like you said, not everybody will follow. Some people yeah. have your own family members. Yeah. You try to teach them, make sure they're doing everything correctly, and nobody's duking them whatsoever. Yeah. But it's hard to get to that mindset sometimes. And that still go back to the trust situation, regardless of what. Yeah. And goes to that, that, that goes to that African yeah. skeletal structure. Yeah. We're wow. stubborn. <laughs> Well, yes, <laughs> and I mean, everywhere I've been in the world, I've seen it. Yeah. When I was in Europe, I never understood why Africans look down on African Americans. And I, I made, I made yeah, friends with a lot of them because my background is Nigerian. Like my my roots is Nigerian. So when I get over there and they hear my last name, the first thing they said, "Do you even know who you are? Do you know where you come from? Do you know your people?" And I'm like, "Well, I, I'm." want to learn that i was like that's why i befriend a lot of people from africa because there's things i want to learn about my country because i can't go there right now because of whatever's going on why i'm here i was like the military is not going to just let me go to africa like that like i have to get orders and stuff to go so they said there and they would tell me stuff like you know the reason we don't like american blacks is because you're so lost you don't know who you are you're so involved in the western culture and everything that you're manipulated and you're clouded and I didn't get offended when they said it. I didn't get offended. And I said, you know, that's funny because I said, that's not all of us. I said, the majority that you see is what you see in televised. That's not all of us. But I can respect that because when I was over there with other African-Americans, then I saw exactly what they were talking about. Mm. And I'm sitting there wondering in my head, if our own, our own Africans, yes, oh. we're part this and part whatever, but if our own see us this way, and feel so disgusted about our actions, then what, what, what do we do to fix it? That's why I'm like, what do we do to fix it? What do we do? Because a lot of Africans, every African that I know personally and have met, they are all entrepreneurs. Yeah. None of them work for nobody. They came here working for themselves, even if they started doing hair until they did something else. They came here working for themselves. Every African that I've met, now I'm not saying all of them do this, some of them get successful jobs and still do their thing on the side, but I don't know one African personally, me, myself, from Baltimore to D.C. to everywhere else that I have been in this world that doesn't work for themselves. Shoot. African girl came here at 18 years old, went to college for her doctorate degree. Within, of course, she got her doctorate degree by the time she was almost 30 and have her own freaking practitioner's office. Wow. That's good. 
legislation. So I, I admire the way your wife grew up because the way she grew up, that is a very, that was a very strong household, very good household. Mm -hmm. And that, the fact we have so many broken homes in our community is another crippling and damaging effect. But you know, back in the days, like when I was younger, you know, a lot of us learned, you know, graduates high school, we get a job. Yeah, I mean, you work for yeah. the city or you work for the state, that's a good decent job to hold on. But the only thing that we knew was doctor and lawyer, but there's more to being a doctor, there's more to being a lawyer, because yeah. there's all type of doctors, all mm -hmm. type of lawyers. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we didn't learn, really learn that in school. And most of the people that I've seen that was successful, me growing up in the city, was the dope boys. That is so sad. That's, 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 that's all we that's this, all This we've. is about to open another book because <laughs> yeah. what now, you're saying right now. You, mm. you out there now, a lot of them, a lot of them more into the, the entertainment. That's, that's yeah. all they see. You know, not, I can say this, you know, I've, I've been in the music industry. I've heard good music, i heard bad music, and i heard some people, you need to quit the damn job. Go back to work. Stop singing. You know, you know, not all of them really, when it comes to the music, need to rap or need to sing. Yeah, there's they other things to, you can do. You can be the sound designer, engineer. Yeah. Even when you watch, um, what is it, like, um, what's that show again, Sandra Rhimes did? Not How to Get Away with Murder, the other one, with the working with the president and all that. You know, and when you look at the positions that within the White House, there's other positions in there yeah. that are successful that yeah. we don't know about. I didn't know those positions exist. Yeah. Where you could work for the president doing something else. See, we we, we not thought that. Mm -mm. They don't tell us anything about that growing up. Even when in the in the sport agency, you could be a sport lawyer. You know, we not taught that either. Or mm -hmm. you could be an agent. It's your location. We All we know is to be a basketball player, or be a football player. A football player need an agent. They need an accountant. They need this and that. We're not taught that either. You know, it like it's still go back to the being educated. You know, yeah. the schools are not educating us enough for us to really survive out there. So location. The are flopping to other things. You say location? High metropolitan areas. Location is everything. Because, see, I, I, yeah, I, I was raised in North Carolina, you know. Yeah, school is I went to, I went too. To, I went to school in North Carolina. What I was learning in fifth, sixth grade, I came here and seen it in high school. I got boosted up to high school in South Florida like this. I was freaking... 12 years old 11 11 12 years old in the freaking ninth grade here because of what i've learned in another state i was advanced to the point where i was looking at the kids like this is what you learned in ninth grade like is you for reals that's why my daughter um that's yeah. also I, I saw that with my oldest because when she was um going to school in maryland you know she was okay you know, she was doing good. Then she went to North Carolina for a little bit. This is like, I guess, before I really got in the picture. And she was in North Carolina and she failed because they were schooled on a whole nother level in North Carolina versus Maryland. So the so schooling does have a lot to do with it. The location does have a lot to do with it. Because I even learned in the military, like we talked about this earlier. And if you're enlisted, okay, in the military, which is E1 on up to i'll say first sergeant we are not giving given excuse me budgeting classes classes on how to manage a unit or anything of that sort however if you're a sergeant major or you're an officer someone who came in the military with a degree 
then you're on a you're on a whole nother scale and the things that you are trained is on a whole nother level you don't know anything that the e anything knows and they don't know anything that you know you're taught when you come in with a degree and all of this to run a corporation because right. a company can be as big as 2500 to 4,000 people and if you are an officer or the commander of that company you run that company that is a corporation dang near that you're running where a sergeant major is like your second in command and he's going to run half of that company but you as an officer run that full company and the classes you take still differ from that sergeant major your budgeting classes and accounting classes these are classes they actually make you take in the service so they already prepare you they already start separating you once you come in oh he's enlisted okay we're gonna break his back we are the ones that they use to carry the army we are the crutches we are the canes we are the wheelchairs of the army eat anything we do everything that those others tell us to do that they never have to touch doing all because the difference in education even coming in the military they still re-educate you and the re-education you take determines what spectrum of the of the executive and professional world you really exist in. It's like those initial tests that they give you when you go to school. Yeah. Those tests are not tested. They just give you in vain. That's why my father, growing up, used to press to us, focus and study, focus and study. And the reason why is because when you sit down and you take that test, that any form from the IQ to initial, like those those tests from kindergarten to fifth grade are essential for your life. You for one of those kids that lollygag and played as a child and didn't pay attention and lollygag on that test, you fucked up the rest of your life because they're going to place you according to how seriously you took that test. They place you according to your intellectual level, your academical level, how you, how you um, communicate amongst others. So they will make sure that, okay, okay, well, you're, you're a class C communicator or a class B communicator or a class A communicator. So therefore, they separate you accordingly. And unfortunately, what happens amongst the minorities, because we, a lot of, I've seen it, a lot of Latin and black people go through this, they, they break underneath the pressure of a test. So therefore, they're placed wrong. It's not that they were not intelligent enough matter of fact they yeah. may be even the smartest but some people just aren't test but takers. they're just not test takers so they're placed wrong and then what i've seen which happens with one of my great friends god bless his soul he's dead now because when he initially started and i met him at booker t and when he when he initially started he's very very intelligent but he wasn't his his, his intellect was not being fed so because his mind was not being fed, he chose to do be a dope boy and go into the dope boy world and do that whole thing. And what I'm talking about, this man was like a freaking scientist. I'm talking about he can make the most perfect looking cookies. <laughs> can anybody yeah, see that yeah, world yeah, know what I'm talking about? And then with, with the weight and everything and the science and how he broke everything down and then the money and the numbers and everything. Not only was he able to make himself successful, he kind of had like a franchise going on. He was able to make other people successful. When he passed away, a whole community of people celebrated his death. And not because he was just this horrible drug dealer. No, he was this wonderful drug dealer. <laughs> if that makes any sense. He took care of his community. You know what I'm saying? He took care of his community. 
and he was smart. He was very intelligent. Just unfortunately, in the educational system, they did not pay attention to him. They treated him like he was just any old black kid. So therefore, he took that, took that inside of his mind and educated himself. And I wish he was even here to have this conversation with us, because he'll probably, he'll like blow all of out the water. Is the the well, level of intelligence. You know, I, growing up, I, I've learned that sometimes it's not just the, the schooling and it's, it's the choice that the people made. Like, mm. saying, for instance, I was real good at math. I was good at math for a reason. <laughs> because as a kid, the guy that works for you, Mrs. Canada, he used to kill you. That laugh that Delvin had, that Delvin and that laugh though, that laugh though. You know, it, it came in handy. So you know, I had no choice but to be good at it. So you know, and then the people that I hung around, as you know, as we from the school, that was my choice. That was a choice. At least I could admit it's it's dumb for doing that. Yeah. Cause I got shot for doing things. People shot at me. I shot back. I did a lot of crazy stuff, which I wasn't supposed to do. You know, I didn't have to, but I did it because it was interesting. It was fun. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You know, and those are choices that I made. And because and I did that on my own. And to me right now, the age that I am, is I would have went back and stabbed the hell out of me for doing that. Because I didn't have to. Yeah. So even though the education was there, I chose to, to walk another path because of the money. Mm. I made, I made a lot of money. And I blew a lot of money. Yeah, that's what happened when you made that's it quick, though. Lack of education. I should invest, but I did. I was yeah. born to flashy stuff. Doesn't that kill us? So now when I see some of these young boys, they doing the same thing. Now how flashy, how they killing them, something like, dude, invest. You know, this it, it is not going to last. You know, that's why I wish... Uh, uh, like, you know, the music that you do, you know, it makes you think about some things. Like, Tupac makes you think about some things. The music like these boys do right now, you don't think about it anymore. I don't even know what they saying. The mumble rap generation. Right. Yo, why, why it look like your boy just straight socked you, yo? Sure, I wasn't trying to put that out there, but why it look like your boy just straight rocked you just then, yo? All you saw was that little fist just come like, boom! Delvin, you saw that, huh? Yeah, I saw it. I'm trying to ignore it. <laughs> Y'all know how to play it off. And see, like I said, that's what I that's what I like about this, man. Because even though it's a podcast, you know, we're talking about serious stuff, you can see, you can feel that 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 love, that chemistry, that relationship. You can tell this is family. Yeah. You know, this ain't just some people who got together and decide, hey, we're going to talk about stuff and try to make money off y'all people. No, we actually, we are a family. Like, we knew each other since 97, us three. They knew each other since elementary school. You know what I'm saying? The women, respectively, in our lives are part of it. So you see that this is a family thing. This isn't just you keep your family out of it. So hopefully, like, this is going to really give our people a view of, like, what we really attempting to do. And maybe we can start learning to love one another again and trust one another again. Because if not, we are not going to make it. Especially here in Florida, we ain't gonna make. It. Yeah, yeah. So this is stay in your ground state, and I worry about the stay in your ground state. Like here, 
I worry about the open carry state like Texas <laughs> and other states like that because these are states that's going to get cracked down on first when this this little gun control, whatever it is they're trying to do, these are places that's going to get cracked down first. And these are also places where these incidents just keep happening, just keep happening, keep happening, keep happening, keep happening. If, they, if it ain't the cops killing, I know here in Florida, I know up in Baltimore, I know in D.C., I know in Texas for damn sure, is the blacks killing the blacks because I've been there. I know where the blacks killing the blacks at because I've been there. I know where the whites killing the blacks at because I've been there. What so, can we do about that black killing blacks at? This, 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 this is the only thing I can think of. We gotta, we gotta try to erase that hate. History, that history, right? Yeah, because this is the only condition that we got because we can't really afford messing with the television industry because you got to be, you, let's be honest, you got to be wealthy to mess with that. Just to break an artist alone in the industry is $2 million. Mm -hmm. And now, unless we got that, we ain't breaking this TV right now. But this gives us a ground. This gives yep. us a voice. And I believe that this can make a difference because each one of us is intellectual and successful on different planes of our own lives. So each one of us brings a uniqueness and a different experience that can help people realize, like, yo, look, no matter what walk of life, no matter this, that, and the third, yo, you can still come together and accomplish something. Yeah. Stop individualizing yourself because you do this and you do this and stop that, man. At the end of the day, we are still a people. We are still a community. We should still be able to come together and take what each respective person brings to the table and make this unity thing happen on a bigger and a better scale. All right. Yeah, you're right. Any final thoughts, y'all? Because we've been going for almost two hours. Yeah, yeah, I kind of figured that. Man. I just, I just need, oh, wow. I just need yeah, Selvin's wife right. to come back so she can um tell us. Well, no, she only knows the information. Oh, well then, go ahead. Yeah. Tell, because, because tell us how to reach your wife so she can, so her classes can be, you know, on point. This. Yeah, Dave. Um, her number. I can give you her number. No, um, no, no. Not no, over no, air. No. Is there no. like a? Um, oh, okay. Does she got an email? A business number. An email. Or something like that. It's a business line. Y'all, I don't even use it, so I don't even know it by heart. Hold on, sorry. Um, your business number. Or email. Better yet. Yeah, give us an email. What's the email? Give us an email. Hold on, just, let me get the business number faster. It's 786-475-2969. Okay. And her name? Um, Shara. Shara, Miss Shara. And then she's, she's doing entrepreneur classes on how to start your business, how to get things started, also for liquor licenses and stuff like that. Tell her that, um, if she can kind of like close this out on her. Yeah, hold on. She right here. Hello? Yes. I'm sorry. I had to step out for a second. Sorry. No, that's okay. Yeah. Love. We, we respect that. We just want to know more. Just give us a little bit of information and close this out on uh, your entrepreneur shows that you have uh, going on, how you're helping... If you could just give us some information so people can reach you. Oh, okay. Um, I guess I should have rehearsed, huh? <laughs> 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 I don't have a career update to say, no. So, um, basically, they can just call the number, 786-475-2969. Or they can go to my website, which is, um, girl, look at this right here. Which one was it? Because we did two websites. Okay, so here's the thing, and I know this stuff is going to be aired, but... The guy who was doing the website, we had a, a, a big disagreement on the setup of it. So I have someone that's going to give me another one, so I don't want to disclose that right now. But you can reach me at the number that Sheila provided. 
Okay. Um, but basically, I just kind of help businesses open up a lot of restaurants that want to serve alcohol. That's how they normally come to me. And I also help them get their permits because before you can do business in any um, city or county, mm-hmm. you must first register with them and get the proper licenses. But some people don't do that. They just mm-hmm. either open up, start doing business, and they don't do the necessary legal work in order to, you know, get it done. Right. So I try to educate them on how to go about it, you know, on how to even form their um, their entity, whether you want to be an LLC or or um, or Inc or a partnership or whatever. You need to understand why you're choosing LLC over INC and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So it's just like a, a um, an educational process. That's it. I do the liquor licenses. I do one-on-one coaching um, for businesses. If they just want to talk ideas to me, we sit and we kind of talk some back and forth. I kind of give a little insight into what they're doing and how they may want to set the business up. So it's kind of like a um, like a twofold thing. Like I mentioned, my primary baby is liquor licensing. It's the alcohol licensing. I broke with those licenses. And the fallback from that was just, you know, people that didn't want alcohol still wanted to know business. how to open up certain businesses. So that's how I kind of fell and, you know, into doing that. So that's what I do, basically. Thank Beautiful. Thank you. you. Sharing that. Right. You're welcome. So now you know how to contact. Right. <laughs> Thank you so much for that. You're welcome, sis. No problem. Mm-hmm. As for on the Groove City side, you already know. GCMG305.wordpress.com. You can also find me on Twitter at IMV underscore Z-I-O-N. Um, this website will be updated with more information for everything pertaining to everything. Power directory. Go to the website. There will be information for Diamonds Altitude until, you know, they have their own website up because I want to make sure everybody is still carried until everybody's able to do their thing the way they want to do it. So as far as on our end, you know, all you need is GCMG305 dot wordpress.com and everything else will be found from there man just follow mic drop podcast everywhere where it's at follow it on twitter at mic drop pod and the links is everything everything is there yep pretty much Simple pretty much. this was a good one yes it was yeah, but I'm real. I had, I had a good time, and I enjoyed it a lot. The conversation was beautiful. Um, the knowledge is good. You know, we just need to keep this going. It, it expand more. Well, you're going to be back on it again. So you ain't got to worry about that. that. Um, Atlanta, New York, and all that. You're going you gonna to be a regular, yo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, invite others? Yeah. That's what that, that's what me and Devin was actually talking about because we was talking about that last week. He was like, "Yo, we need guests." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there's, a guy, there's a guy that I went to um, school with. He's doing very good. He does. Um, uh, let me make sure I get it correctly. He he deals with the foreign exchange market, mm-hmm. and he actually, you know, is trying to teach people how to work that market in order to grow dollars. So be good at it. He's doing really good for himself. And he, he don't have no problem talking to people and spreading that knowledge. And I think he would love something like this to be able to just come on and talk about what he does. And as he said, it's like story because he has a story behind why he's doing what he's doing. So oh, that's awesome. when you have the next one, if I'm able to invite him, I would um I would like to do that. Yeah, all you gotta do is just get with Delv
Delvin is the he's okay. the scheduler. <laughs> yep, that's what I do. No problem up with me at all. Okay. Perfect. All right, then I guess that's it. Mic drop pod and we out. Yeah. Right. Bye. All right, y'all. Good night. I'll take it easy. I'll take care. You All too. right, bro. Good night. Good night. Good night. All right. <coughs>Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm a home decor overspender. Hi, Joe. I made a breakthrough. I found HomeSense. It's unreal. So many brand name sofas. I bought one. Oh, wow, really? It's okay. Yeah. The price is so low. Lighting, unexpected. Rugs, handcrafted. Wall art, eclectic. I go back like every week. <gasps> no, it's always different. New unique decor, same great savings. Every time you go. Field trip. HomeSense, standout pieces, outstanding prices.